0: Protect me, God, for the only safety I know is found in the moments that I seek you. I told you, Eternal One, you're my Lord, for the only good I know in this world is found in you alone.
1: The beauty of faith-filled people encompasses me. They are true, and my heart is thrilled beyond measure. The despair of many who abandon your goodness for the empty promises of false gods increases day by day. I refuse to pour out offerings to them to utter their names from my lips.
0: You, eternal one, sustain me. You hold my future, my eternity. My home is surrounded in beauty. You have gifted me with abundance and a rich legacy.
1: I will bless the Lord, whose wise teaching orchestrates my days and centers my mind at night. He is ever-present with me. At all times, He goes before me. So I will not live in fear, or abandon my calling because he stands at my right hand.
0: My heart is glad, my soul is full of joy and my body is at rest. You will not abandon me for death in the grave, nor leave me to rot alone. Instead, you direct me to the path that leads to life. As I walk with you, the pleasures are never ending. And, I know, true joy and contentment.
1: Hello, how are you today? Welcome again to, uh, how can we put it? Welcome to Church on a Flat Screen. I'm very glad you're with us. Let me introduce myself. My name is Wayne. I'm part of the pastoral team here at First Christian Church, and I consider it a true honor to be with you today. So that last shot you just saw, no, that's not not me really prepping how to preach. It really was simply a, we had this goal in mind to simply make you smile. Because remember, Easter is a day to smile. Not just at jokes. I mean, jokes are fine. But Easter is a day to smile at our new life found in our resurrected Christ. You are aware, perhaps, that in most English-speaking nations, on this day, uh, there's a statement that is uh, put forth in congregations, and it's the leader says one thing, and then the congregation responds. And kids, I want you to listen up, because this is your wonderful moment when you can participate in worship. It goes like this. The leader says, Christ is risen, and the congregation says, Christ is risen indeed. So let's all, as one congregation meeting in literally hundreds of venues today, do it together. I'll say Christ is risen, and you say Christ is risen indeed. Here we go. Christ is risen. I think I can hear you. Let's do it one more time. Christ is risen. Yeah, so that's good news, isn't it? Take the next few minutes with me and try and eliminate some distractions, and grab your Bible. Uh, we're going to read from Mark chapter 16 in just a few moments. Trying to, if you would, take some notes, and I want to thank you for welcoming me, welcoming me into your home, both um, online and on your television. And I'm aware that this is a very unusual time. I'm aware that as I'm speaking today, there are some who are in settings where there's parents and lots of kids, and it's kind of a little bit crazy in the house at times by now. Some who are joining with us today are empty nesters. And some are single people who are truly experiencing the trauma of day after day isolation like your family, our family is trying to make sense of our present setting and I'm glad that the wonders of technology allow us to gather as a church in these strangest of times. You know, I recently heard a statement about what the church is like these days with these unexpected turn of events that boggle our minds. It was put this way, the church is scattered together. First Christian Church. We are scattered everywhere, but we, we are still together. It reminds me of hash browns. I love hash browns. Leslie cooked a hash brown casserole this week. Lovely it was. It reminded me of Waffle House. You know, Waffle House, old school, eggs, pancakes, hash browns. Hash browns are really little pieces of potatoes scattered everywhere and then brought back together. And Waffle House offers hash browns in six different ways. Traditional, scattered and smothered, that means with onions. Scattered, smothered and covered, which means onions and melted cheese. Scattered, smothered, covered and chunked, which means onions, cheese and ham. Scattered, smothered, covered, chunked and topped, which means onions, cheese, ham and chili. Or the ultimate, scattered, smothered, covered, chunked, topped and diced. Onions, cheese, ham, chili and diced tomatoes. First Christian Church, we may be scattered, but we're together. We are scattered, but smothered in the love of God, covered by his grace, chunked with all kinds of different people from differing backgrounds, topped with the work of Jesus Christ from the cross, and diced with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We may be scattered, but we're the congregation together, called First Christian Church. And we must acknowledge we're the congregation in the middle of a very... Unexpected story. None of us knew that we'd be doing Easter like this at Easter 2020. But if you think you've got an unexpected story taking place in your life today, imagine how Jesus' resurrection was unexpected in the lives of the people of ancient Jerusalem. Let's read about their unexpected story in Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other. It's a very interesting question that they're asking to me. We'll come back to this in a few minutes, but it goes, who will roll a stone away from the entrance of the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? Go tell his disciples and Peter he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him just as he told you. And then look at the response of the ladies. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So who were these ladies and why were they coming to Jesus' tomb so early in the morning? Well, simply put, they were some of Jesus' earliest disciples. You know, it's incorrect to think of Jesus' disciples as only a group of 12 men who traveled with Jesus on his teaching tour. There were other followers, both men and women, whose stories wove in and out of Jesus' ministry and these women are part of that group. Why did they come to the tomb? Well, it's... It's interesting. Jewish faith usually forbids embalming. So bodies are buried very quickly for one reason, decay. Spices and oils and perfumes were added to the deceased body usually, simply in order to quench death's odor. But these women came a day late, if you will, because when Jesus died, it ran into the Sabbath and no one was allowed to work during the Sabbath. And so the women came very early in the morning, striving, if you will, to make up for lost time. And there's something that's fascinating about it, that while they were part of Jesus' band of followers, Jesus' disciples, if you will, like the rest of the group, they didn't expect Jesus to actually rise from the dead. They came to do something that wasn't necessary. They came to anoint dead body. But a different story erupted right in front of their eyes, And I invite you to look at it and experience through the perspective of Mary Magdalene.
2: where you're looking for.
1: If you've
0: taken him, tell me where he is.
1: Don't you love it? Jesus is alive. This dead servant God was now alive as the king of kings. His royalty was now fully established as this king God who had defeated death. As Psalm 24 asks, who is this? It's a rhetorical question that then the psalm gives the answer. He is the king of glory this King of Kings. I'll be back in a few moments to explain more about this unexpected turn of events in the lives of these women as they encountered the reality of a risen Christ. This Jesus about whom we say he is risen, he is risen indeed. I'll be right back.
0: In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless
1: Welcome back as we examine more of our story from Mark chapter 16. You know the story that we've been talking about. It's about where the women arrive at the tomb and there's an angel inside. There's no dead body. Jesus is alive. And this angel in the tomb says, don't be afraid. Jesus is risen. Go tell his disciples. That story is part of the life of our church. For more than 100 years, this congregation has viewed that scene in our worship settings. When we moved from our downtown location to this building in 1996, we knew there were lots of things that were going to change, but there was one non-negotiable. We said that the window of 1915 had to come with us. Why? Well, because it shows the angel outside the tomb, and it's been a weekly reminder for us, a weekly reminder of the unexpected turn of events that came along with Jesus' resurrection. See, the resurrection, it wasn't in anyone's calendar. But, and even once his death came along, it took a long time for the people to understand. Sure, his followers had seen him perform all sorts of miracles. Blind people had been able to see. Deaf people could hear. Hungry people were fed. I don't think they were fed hash browns, by the way, but you get the idea. Demon-possessed people were set free. But those followers who saw those miracles had also seen Jesus' death. They'd stood at the foot of the cross and watched as breath left Jesus' body. They saw the blood and the water spill out. And then some of them had carried his body to the tomb. And along that walk from Calvary to the tomb, you can imagine, their dreams were hacked, were dashed. Their hopes were gone. The new life they'd imagine had died along with Jesus. Yet the unexpected came along. Jesus rose from the dead and I get the ladies' responses. The text says this trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone. Why? Well, I'd be with them. They were afraid. Do you think? Of course. I mean, you and I would. I mean, if I'd be trembling at just the thought of going into the tomb, let alone sing an angel once I got in there. But in the midst of the trembling, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of a very perplexing question about who's going to move the stone, there's a really powerful lesson. This is it. In the midst of the unexpected, look for God's resurrection power to show up. And who are we kidding right now? Our lives are living in very unexpected unexpected circumstances. Just a few weeks ago, our staff had all sorts of plans about how we were going to use the auditoriums of our building and elsewhere for um, our Easter weekend. But the expectations of that scene have been placed with the unexpected view that I have here in front of me today. A darkened building, limited staff here to help me tape this message, There are no office staff in their spaces. The cafe is vacant and silent. Our auditoriums have empty seats and empty pews. It's all unexpected. God's resurrection power showed up at just the right moment when the ladies showed up at the tomb. And I sort of am with them in how they responded. They freaked out. I don't blame them sort of a, take some calmness or some, some satisfaction in how they responded. The women worried, who's going to roll the stone away? And God's answer was beyond alarming. It was bewildering, frightening, and at the same time, life-changing, world-changing, history-changing. God's response was to change death into life. Friends, here's what Christians believe. We believe that in the midst of fear, in the midst of bewilderment, in the midst of questions, in the midst of freak out moments, freak out thoughts, God answers through unexpected and powerful details and powerful moments. And based on that, may I suggest some responses for us today? Some responses. If, on the first part, you believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Perhaps you've made that declaration in the past, that he is the Son of God. Perhaps you've not made that in the past, but you'd like to do it right now. But regardless if you've made it sometime in the past or you're making it right now, here are some responses that we could make in regards to what is surely a familiar, this fear, this bewilderment. We get it, how the women responded to their experience. First of all, look for joy. Surely these women, they saw their bewilderment and their confusion turn to joy. They'd faced death. They looked at death from the foot of the cross. But Jesus' resurrection brought joy. Our community, our nation, our globe is facing all sorts of confusion at present. We are seeing the faces of death, if I could be candid. We are seeing the faces of death in COVID-19. And it's a struggle to push back from the fear and the bewilderment. But our story of the unexpected life we're living right now is prime for God's resurrection power to invade our lives with joy. After all, Scripture states, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Here's another response to God's resurrection power showing up in unexpected stories. Jesus' resurrection answers the mundane questions of life. I find it interesting that these women approach the tomb with a rather practical question. Who's going to roll away the stone? Their conversation is about the mundane. Oh, I'm sure they had all sorts of thoughts about large life questions, about life and death and all these plans they'd had for months. But Mark points out that their conversation was about rather... A mundane matter. You and I, we have uh, existential questions. We wonder about life and death and disease and isolation. Those are all legitimate and the resurrection certainly answers those sorts of questions. But it also deals with mundane life. Things like what we're facing this week. How are we going to manage another three to four weeks of isolation? How are we going to get groceries to the house? Some of you are asking, will my kids ever get back to school for this 2019, 2020 school year? Some of you who are younger are asking. You're 18 years of age and you're going, is my graduation even gonna take place? The list goes on, sort of mundane stuff. But here's the good news, friends. The stone was rolled away before the women even began to ask the question. God provided an unexpected twist to the story. And I'm convinced of this. God is providing an unexpected twist to your story. See, your trembling could be God working in ways you don't expect. That's what the women discovered. They were trembling because the resurrection initially initially brought bewilderment. This corona thing, this COVID-19 thing, this isolation, this stay-at-home-for-your-own-safety thing, this sort of trembling in our beds at night, two o'clock in the morning, staring up at the ceiling and pushing back the fear and the bewilderment, the fear we have for our friends and our families. Friends, it's all part of the story where God is about to show up with an unexpected new chapter for you and for me. And with that, given the time and the new opportunities that we have in our hands, we are able to discover God's work in the most unusual places and conversations. Now is the time to renew acquaintances, to repair relationships, to explore new ways that God might work in and through you. Step into some reconciliation with that long-ago friend. You may not recall why the break or the schism occurred, or perhaps you do, perhaps you do recall And it's in vivid, technicolor reality. Regardless, in these days, allow God to use this unexpected time to sharpen resurrection power in that relationship. Or even this. To discover God's work in the most unusual places and conversations might include a conversation with you and God. Perhaps you've just kind of joined us online right now or in the last few minutes or on television, and you say, man, I've never chatted with God before. If you're not one of Jesus' followers, I'm inviting you to step over the line of faith this Easter weekend. Choose faith. Choose God's power in the unexpected story of April 2020. And I'd like to pray with you and for all of us in that regard. Let's pray together. God, I pray for my friends. I pray, Lord, for people I met that are participating in worship today. I pray for those who I've never met. I pray, God, that in the midst of the unexpected moments of this hour in the unexpected moments of this day, this week, this year, I ask that you would show up. There are times when we would easily step into fear and bewilderment. And we have the big questions. We also have the small questions about just how are we going to do life right now? I'm so thankful that we can echo the story of these ladies who move from fear and bewilderment to absolute joy that long before they showed up at the tomb, the resurrection of Jesus Christ had already taken place. Lord, long before we even utter questions of our lives. You've already set in play. You've already set in motion all the answers for us. I pray particularly, Lord, for those who are experiencing very real fears today. May the peace of Christ invade each and every heart. For those, Lord, who um, have yet to step over the line of faith, I pray that this day would be a day where they would say, I would declare that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And they'd make a decision to walk with you day by day and perhaps not even fully understanding all the ramifications of that right now, but they're willing to step in and say, I want to figure this out. For all of your grace and peace in our lives today, we give you thanks. Amen. I've got one more thing I want to tell you today, but before I get to that, uh, thank you for joining us in worship today. Come and be part of our worship service again next week. You can find out about when it's going to take place. You can learn all about our ministries as a church and the stories that we have as First Christian Church. You can learn all about that on our website, firstdecatur.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-D-C-A-T-U-T-O-R-G. Next week... We'll be starting a new multi-week sermon series focused on the challenges and the stories and the encouragements of one of the favorite passages of Scripture for people for generations. Scripture that is 3,000 years old. We're going to look at the book of Psalms. We have this as our mission at First Christian Church, to develop fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ by growing and serving together. And one way in which we do that is we look at Scripture. So our congregation wants you to look at Scripture with us again again next week as we strive to become devoted followers of Jesus by growing and serving together. Join us for online worship again and grow with us. If we can help you in any way, by all means, there are places online at our website where you can reach out to us. And before you go, something that's in Scripture that is really one of my favorite passages of Scripture many years ago, more than 3,000 years ago now, The people of Israel, the nation of Israel, had just recently left Egypt. They'd been in slavery for 400 years. They're making their way to what they knew was the promised land, but they didn't know particularly where that was. So they spent 40 years walking around and kind of traveling around the Sinai Peninsula, wondering, when are we going to get to the promised land? The leader during that period of time was a fellow by the the name of Moses. And uh, Moses said to the priest one day, you know, God's given us responsibility for all these people. And we we need to speak words of blessing over them from time to time. And so he gave them a blessing to speak over the people. I would like to say that blessing over you today. Speak it over you and to express God's care for you. And particularly if you are one of the people in our communities who are In a serving mood right now perhaps you're working in a grocery store and you wonder man I got a job to do but will will infection come here you're working in a gas station you're in a pharmacy you're a first responder or perhaps perhaps you're even a healthcare uh, professional thank you for serving us in these days thank you for uh, stepping into the void and being people of great courage and so This blessing coming from the book of Numbers, I'm going to speak it over you. We're going to sing it over you. And while we're singing it, you're going to see some videos and some shots of um, some ways in which our congregation would say this blessing to you. So here's the blessing for today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you great peace. God bless you today.